Hey there, The Pastor's Heart is growing significantly in audience and consequently our opportunities and responsibility are growing as well and we want to get better and that takes more resources. As a listener to The Pastor's Heart, we're asking if you could help us out by financially partnering with us to help fund our production, editorial, distribution and promotion. There's a Patreon link to support The Pastor's Heart, patreon.com slash thepastorsheart and we do so appreciate your partnership. It is the Pastor's Heart and Dominic Steele, and thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. Today we're talking senior pastors, self-promotion, narcissism, and social media. And it's going to be a very interesting discussion today with Marshall Ballantyne-Jones. These issues have been bubbling along for quite some time, but the dangers of social media have been brought into sharp focus with the release of the Netflix program, The Social Dilemma. Marshall has spent years researching pornography, and its negative impacts on young people. And he was here on The Pastor's Heart a few months ago talking about the impacts of pornography on aggression, self-esteem, and uh, compulsive and addictive behaviours. And as we were talking, he dropped a couple of fascinating lines about pastors and narcissism. And I said, we need to get you back on that subject. And so he is back on that subject. Marshall, thanks for coming in. And you got your PhD on this issue yesterday. That is correct. Yes. (laughs) Can we start with the pastor's heart? And um, this whole issue of narcissism and self-promotion, is that a sin that pastors are particularly prone to? There's no doubt it's a big risk area for anyone in a position of public Uh, authority and capacity to be promoted and to be seen by others and there is emerging research from the US and other places suggesting that uh, pastors uh, may be more prone to narcissistic tendencies than the general population. So in the world of self-promoting and social media, danger areas. And good area to talk about. Um, This new research that's coming out, what are you finding out? Well, that just seems to be when uh, pastors do psychometric testing that they rank higher on the narcissistic personality disorder scales. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Well, we need to take a step back and ask a few questions about what's going on with us personally and the world that we live in, how we're doing life and ministry, how we're using technology and start to reevaluate ourselves in light of that and ask, are we being humble servants of Jesus in our roles as leaders? Mm. Now, a couple of months ago when you were here, you told me, here's an issue and something we should talk about. And I said, come back. Since then, the Netflix program, The Social Dilemma, has been released. I watched it last week in preparation for this. Um, uh, What did you think as you were watching that program? Well, I don't know if people who are watching this are familiar with the show. Well, give us a, the, yeah, give us your review. Give us a description. Well, <laughs> look, in short, it's a, it's a documentary by Netflix, a sensationalised documentary that tries to describe uh, the state of big tech at the present and how they use uh, their platforms and algorithms and methods to recruit people's time and attention and then to harvest that time and attention for monetizing purposes so that they use for example social media self-promoting platforms like Instagram and 
TikTok, Facebook and so forth to generate uh, habitual use and addictive behaviours. Uh, they try to manipulate the information feeds that come to users, they tailor it using algorithms based on how you engage with the internet and then they take whatever identity they can from you, whatever information they can glean from you and then on-sell that to advertisers and to third-party um, providers and, uh, and commercialise you. So it's a, the picture that the documentary paints is one that's bleak, one that is uh, difficult to produce trust in the integrity of those companies and feel, leads to a feeling of exploitation and at times helplessness. And so, I mean, I got to the end of it and I imagine like many people felt, oh, I want to get rid of all my social media accounts. But then I used social media for interacting with people so much, I didn't. And so what did you think about that? Well, look, uh, you, you might recall in my last interview that I... I you don't I, have a social media. <laughs> I, I have minimal contact with social media. And uh, what drove Why me to that? that? Yeah. Well, what drove me to that was actually something more rudimentary for me, and that was, uh, A, uh, my, int my tendency to be um, addicted to silly, um, trivial things. And so looking at people's stories and following other... Um, scenarios online just basically sapped my time, which was uh, a waste, mm -hmm. and I didn't like that. I didn't like to be enslaved to the habit. I didn't like to have anxiety about whether or not people saw my posts, whether they liked it and so forth. I just didn't like being in that world. So that was pro the primary one, and also I felt it was superficial. Like everyone on social media presents the best of themselves, but they're presenting themselves and you know, in a relationship, if someone's focusing on what they present, they're focusing less on what they're hearing, the relationship is one way, and that's disingenuous. And if we're going to have true, authentic relationships, which of course is true at a colleague level and in a parishional level and our families and so forth, it needs to be uh, give and take, authentic. It needs to be other person-centred. And I just don't think that that's very well cultivated on social media. I didn't want to be part of it. I wanted to have authentic relationships. Okay. Are you saying I should do that too? Well, I, no, I'm not saying any of that. In fact, I think regarding self-promotion uh, self and social media use and us as ministers of churches and leaders in church communities, we take, need to take a step back and ask, well, what are we doing? What, what is our game in this life? What is the objective that drives my behaviour and uh, priorities? Why am I on social media? Who is it benefiting? Does it bring glory to Jesus? Is this about promoting his kingdom? Am I enriching other people's lives? These are the questions we need to actually take a step back and ask. Is, is this benefiting loving your neighbour as yourself and loving God with all you have? Or is this about loving myself and having other people recognise me? And as soon as we get closer to the answer to that question, we can ask, should I be doing this? So your average minister, average senior minister, I mean, I suppose also you're, you're thinking, though, um, it would be different for different people's personalities. You know, some person might find I'm really, really addicted in this area or really, really struck and I need to pull back, 
whereas somebody else might be able to engage in a balanced way or, or something like that. Well, that's true. People, people, uh, different people have different weaknesses and strengths and are capable to regulate uh, their behaviour. I'd also want to ask you, what's the context for why you're on? For example, in your situation, mm -hmm. um, through your church ministry, which is a, a, a yeah. highly media-focused church yeah. environment and, and the pastor's heart, it's important for you to be able to communicate to a community that's online only. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I think actually just if I think church first before the wider ministry, I would think that um, uh, we actually just need to say, to raise awareness that the church is here, that Jesus exists, that, um, that we're open, that we're running programs, that we're running kids programs, that we're running church services, all those kind of things. And, and so, yeah, that involves putting a sign out the front. It, 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 one of my, the members of my church says, the old blacksmith used to rattle their shingle to say, come and get your shoe, your, your horseshoes shone, you know? And, yeah. and we really need to have the, uh, the sign out the front, the website, the letterboxing, and yeah, the Facebook page, do you know? And, well, and we're in COVID at the time. Most of our church communities can't communicate with each other other than online at the present. Yeah. So it's a, it's a wonderful tool at that yeah. point, and it's a, a necessary tool for us just to do the basics of church. And yet, somehow, it feeds a tendency for narcissism. Yeah, that's right. And people, I don't know if your uh, audience, uh, how many of them are familiar with narcissism? Well, give us the thing. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, in basic terms, narcissism is... Uh, the concept of um, considering yourself. It's how you look at yourself. It dates all the way back to a Greek mythological story of mm -hmm. Narcissus, who was a really attractive looking hunter who looked at himself in a reflection and fell in love with it and pined so much for what he couldn't have, which was the beautiful image of himself that he mm -hmm. withered and died. So, so it's about the love of self at, at its um, extreme end. And in fact, narcissism is a, is a spectrum disorder. So it's there's healthy narcissism. Everyone has healthy narcissism. We all need to have a certain degree of respect for ourselves and confidence in ourselves. And that helps us just to embark into the world day by day with a degree of responsibility and confidence. But then it moves along a scale to a point where it's at a pathological level, where it's disordered, where people obsess with themselves and to the point where what they think of themselves is dis, um, distorted. So probably at the heart of, of unhealthy narcissism is a distortion of self-esteem. And that is normally and usually an elevated and a higher self-esteem. Where have you seen pastors get this wrong in social media? Well, there are certain people who are inclined to use social media to present themselves. Mm -hmm. And the reason they present themselves is to obtain what they're deeply hungry for, which is admiration. So the grand dose narcissist wants to be admired. They want other people to look at them and say, you're excellent. And that drives them. And you see it spill over when people use their platforms constantly for self-promotion. It might be promoting some, some things that they've done or how they look, or what they've achieved, or what they're promoting in terms of their uh, ministry or work, things about their family. But 
they want people to look at it and say, yeah, that's great. They want likes. They want to be admired. That's what that's absolutely at an unhealthy level. And there are time to time people that I'm sure everyone everyone has someone in mind that they can think immediately say, oh yeah, I know that person. Often the person who uh, you might identify as an unhealthy narcissist, they're the last person to recognise it. They don't think they have a problem. They think they are entitled to this um, world of admiration and attention, and that's normal. Uh, anyone who is to criticise it is merely jealous, and they look upon them with a bit of contempt and then cut them off. So, in fact, you know, I can think of case studies of, of clergy who who act that very way with their congregation or with people who've dared to approach them and say, you know, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with the way in which you emphasise yourself uh, or the way in which you've behaved, which uh, draws attention to this or that, and then they get cut off because mm-hmm. it's, it's very insulting and slighting to a person to, to question them if they're a narcissist. Mm. Well, let's think positive for a minute and think how then can a senior pastor use social media well? <laughs> I mean, it's a really important question and, and we do want to use it well because there are great advantages in ministry to being able to navigate social media. Uh, again, I mean, I, you're just thinking about sharing my... We didn't just share the gospel, we shared my life as well, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. There, there is a sense... That, but then I want to um, not be proclaiming myself, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Do you know, that's, so. that, that's right. And... To be honest, uh, a senior pastor needs to be prepared to be vulnerable to someone else's criticism off the bat and they need to be prepared to ask colleagues, friends and family and say, uh, how am I coming across? And, and they need to listen to that answer and they need to be humble about it because sometimes you may have steered to being too self-promoting without realising it. So you need some humility and you need to get back to the basics and say, again, as I said earlier in the conversation, oh, what, what am I doing this for? Why am I in ministry? And hopefully the answer is because I want to promote Jesus. I want to live like Jesus, but I want people to see Jesus, not see me. And so I'm a slave to that process and I need to make sure that I'm not getting in the way of that process with putting my attractive noggin in front of Jesus online. That makes sense. Mm. Just remember that quote from Mark Driscoll a few years ago when he said in a staff meeting, and it became then bubbled around the place, I am the brand. Do you know, that, that, that feels like almost what you're saying is exactly the wrong thing to do. Uh, maybe. Uh, I, with great caution, I would um, uh, critique uh, Mark Driscoll because I think he's uh, shown himself to be a very talented and gifted person. But I understand that there's been strife as well with his relationships with his staff in the years. I don't know the details about that. But I think it does raise the question without knowing the full context of why he said that. Uh, Again, leaders of church communities, why are we doing this? Is it to promote ourselves? And what is our confidence in the the fruits of our ministry? Is it in our techniques and in our um, personalities? In, in our abilities, or is it in the power of God's Spirit through the Word of God as we communicate the gospel into the hearts and lives of people in our community and in the widest community that we're trying to reach out to? If we're not putting our trust in Jesus, and if He's not the brand, uh, as much as I would not want to classify Jesus as a brand, but if you know what I mean, if this is not about Jesus, 
this is a problem, certainly for church leaders. Because church leaders, as 1 Peter 5 says, we are the shepherds of the flock, we have a responsibility. Our responsibility is to make sure that we don't lead people astray. And leading people away from Jesus and into a confidence of, of our own authority and leadership is leading them astray because we're not Jesus. Right? And that's why we need to be extremely humble, cautious and self-critical about every and any activity we do in a public space. Now, the problem with social media is that it is a play field for those with tendencies towards narcissism because what does it offer? It offers the opportunity to promote yourself. It offers a very quick and speedy uh, feedback about other people's reception of you. You put a post, people give likes, it comes back very quickly. You can cultivate and you can uh, manicure your appearance so that people see the best of what you've got to present. You can give a false self. In fact, at the disordered level, uh, therapists will tell you that a narcissist has created a false self. There's usually a very sad story behind a true narcissist, and that is that they've escaped some sort of traumatic experience at a younger age through the creation of an alternative ego for which they put their whole investment into because that's what they want to be. Now, of course, it's a detachment problem and that they, um, they get close to the real self, it becomes painful and hurtful and they don't like to be vulnerable to that. So narcissists are very inclined to, to present a, a false self and... This is a problem because Christian leaders should also be authentic and we should be transparent and we should be open to um, the criticism of our flaws because we too need to be made like Jesus. Uh, we're not perfect. And that idea of God-likeness that many leaders can develop because they don't want to let the flock down or they've uh, somehow been duped into a narrative that they are different, they are more godly, they are more holy because of their office. It's a big problem, and social media is just going to fuel that problem if you're not being cautious with it. Mm. Um, you've been researching pornography for three years. Um, four years. Four years. Um, how did you end up getting into the narcissism space? <laughs> well, look, in short, we found that when we were evaluating the attitudes and behaviours of younger people, teenagers, that their self-esteem wasn't going down the more they used pornography. In fact, uh, it... it research that it should have. So there was something different about the esteem levels of teenagers which got us asking what, what's, what's changed. And some ideas were put by other researchers that social media induced narcissistic tendencies was a new game, uh, new, new, uh, game changer to behaviour and attitudes. And so I included that as analysis and as we look more deeply in that in my research we found out that it was a very, very significant factor in mediating people's behaviours and their sense of self-esteem and as well as their conduct. And it turns out that the more that you use self-promoting social media at the younger you start, the more likely you are to have a distorted self-esteem and that you're also likely to engage more in sexualised behaviour online, whether it be using pornography or using social media for sexual purposes, including sexting and sending and receiving sexual messages. So look, this is... This is the, it's infancy research, but it was certainly um, prompted by other people's questions and it's been confirmed. And it just um, highlights that the online world is, is muddy and complex and difficult to navigate. And if we aren't being 
cautious and careful, very dangerous for us all. Mm. Um, so one of the other things about uh, the more confident you feel in yourself uh, and higher your self-esteem, the less wrong you feel about behaviours which would be regarded as immoral. Your moral compass goes out of kilt. You have a bias. Uh, you, you, the ends can justify the means for you. And because you know what, you're entitled to it. And as long as it gives you what you really need, which is other people's praise and attention, it's okay. This type of slippery thinking creeps into the people with uh, narcissistic tendencies. And it sounds like you're saying, I mean, you're obviously studying the teenagers, not the senior pastors in your research, but you're sounding like there's a clear correlation between the narcissist on social media and porn addiction. Uh, Look, People who are addicted to porn are more likely to have a higher rating of narcissism. That's, that's a correlation. Cause and effect, I can't yeah, yeah, explain yeah. that. And, and you, it sounds like you, you've established that amongst the younger people, but look, you'd run that higher as well? Look, it's been well established over the years of research that those who are narcissistic do gravitate towards uh, sexualized behaviours as well anyway. An interest in sexualized behaviour and idolising sexual images, pornography is a great way for them to create an ideal fantasy that suits the adulation uh, from that fantasy to what they want to hear. It's an echo kind of um, idea that they they can create. Uh, But also uh, narcissists uh, really do, many do, hunger for um, sexual gratification from their closest, most intimate suppliers of narcissism as well. Mm. And so these things go hand in hand. Um, So without trying to explain why they all connect or even having the answers to it, they are all in the same ballpark now. And it just means that we, uh, we need to be aware that uh, if we've got problematic behaviours in one area, um, then it puts a risk in the other areas. Mm. Now, you know, males are more inclined to use pornography. Females are not. But females are more inclined to use self-promoting social media um, apps than males. Really? And so... Uh, I mean, just as you say that, I think, oh, yeah, that's probably right. But I, I just had never thought of that before. Yeah. Uh, and females are more likely to have addictive behaviours with using social media um, uh, and self-promoting social media apps. So, it, you know, it's just... Uh, they cross over with the genders. They have different areas where one group might be more likely to be at risk than another. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Christians should have, and we're called to have self-control over every aspect of our life mm-hmm. except for being captive to Jesus. So as soon as there's an area in our life which we're not captive to, that, that, that we're enslaved to, and be it, uh, the time and dependency and habit of looking at people's feeds on our phone, or whether it be to pornography and masturbation, or whether it be to eating or gambling or gaming or whatever the other... Um, behavioural addiction or area might be, this is a big issue for our spiritual life because we've got an area now where Jesus is not Lord over. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem. Okay, so tips for the pastor on how we can enhance our church life, our church's connection with the community with responsible social media management. 
tips. I think it's really important to evaluate your messages before you put them out there and ask what is the purpose of this message. So if it's a message to encourage the people in your congregation, make sure it's done sensitively and humbly. If it's a if it's a purpose to impart a message, some Bible teaching or some communication, make sure you do that in a um, a, a regulated way that you're that you can account for the time and that you're being intentional with it. Uh, be very, very cautious about what you say about yourself and your private life and your family life online uh, because people look up to you and people do see you. People are impressionable. And so comes with that comes responsibility. People might, if you're pre- presenting the best of what's going on in your life, well, then, of course, they might be jealous of that or it might be leading a distorted reality that they cannot obtain themselves. It could be discouraging to them. At the same time, you've got to be careful that you aren't saying too much because why air your dirty laundry and you know, potentially embarrass other people close to you? So you've got to be guarded with what you put out there. And uh, just be sensitive. To, you, know, you might have something to say, but other people may not want to hear it. So mm. do it when it's got a purpose that honours Jesus and the purpose of your mission and not just because you've got something to say. Mm. Marshall, thanks very much for coming in and talking to us. Thanks very much. My guest on The Pastor's Heart, Marshall Ballantyne-Jones. And uh, we've been talking narcissism, social media and the senior pastor. We'll be back next Tuesday afternoon with our next discussion and we'll look forward to your company then. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.